think you're in jeopardy? Oh no, it's time to play Wheel of Misfortune! Hello everyone and welcome to Activate the BattleBots podcast. Oh, question mark, question mark. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's BattleBots. It's, we're doing the American show now. Oh, is yeah. they no Robot Wars? What's Robot yeah, Wars? We're, they were <laughs> Robot Wars, it's BattleBots. We're mate. chasing that shiny dollar now. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen the green and now <laughs> I am Benji, also the Hitman, along with what's always... What's your name again? I've forgotten because it's been about two months. How long's it been? Ah. Uh, an amount of time measured. Yes, <laughs> that's implied by the word amount. Excellent, good. <laughs> that's how you count things. Yeah, that's it. That's... How much do you need? An amount. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's you. fine. We'll get you an amount. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we are reviewing episode one of the latest series of BattleBots that aired on Friday. Yes, 2018's BattleBots, it's moved to Discovery. Do they call it the Discovery Channel anymore, or is it just Discovery? Well, Sci-Fi Channel turned into Sci-Fi Channel, spelt with, like, Y's and stuff, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it so, groovy. Yeah, so maybe they've gone a groovy route, and I'm now it's just Discovery. renamed it to Disco. Disco to the other-y. Disco-very. Discovery with a Y. <laughs> Discovery. 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 Discover Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's where you can watch <laughs> BattleBots if you're in the United States of America. If you're in the UK like us, it's nefarious means at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Eventually yeah. it will air here, I'm sure. The others did, but not yet. So, no, yeah. No. The first outing for a couple of years for BattleBots. It's their grand return. Hopefully we'll see that for Robot Wars at some point. But at the moment... We've got no new Robot Wars. Nope. We've got loads of old Robot Wars. Yep. So we're going to do new BattleBots. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> How could anyone be disappointed with that decision? We've got to try it sometime. Everyone yeah. asks for BattleBots from us. Yeah. And what, a perf- what more of an opportunity than knowing that we're not going to be getting Robot Wars for a little while. So <laughs> Exactly. And we'll be able to review this very modern, exciting 2018 American show through the eyes of people that have been watching a lot of 90s British television. <laughs> yes. And how drastically different they may be indeed. Yep. Where the hell do we start? <laughs> BattleBots. If you've not watched BattleBots, it is basically Robot Wars, but at the same time, it really isn't. It depends how into robot combat you are. If you're into robot combat, they're not the same thing. If you're the world's most casual viewer, they're pretty much the same thing. <laughs> but let's go over the format for BattleBots 2018. From what I'm aware, this is not the complete standard format BattleBots usually uses. Again, from what I'm aware, we will be generally avoiding talking about too much BattleBots history. They'll mention some of it in the show, but we're going to end up covering it eventually. Yeah. So there's no point in spoiling it for ourselves or talking about stuff that we're just going to talk about in the future with hopefully fresh eyes. So the format, we've got 48 teams plus backups. I don't know how many backups there are. Minimum two people per team 
You may have noticed no maximum per team. Yeah, some of the teams... Uh... Some of the teams fill the warehouse <laughs> by the looks of it. I mean, haven't they ever heard threes a crowd? Like, I mean, Jesus, like 47 of them is a bit extreme sometimes. <laughs> it just feels like... But again, if each of them puts money towards it in effort, think of how much easier that makes it compared to, say, the max of four people in a team to exactly. in Robot Wars. So yeah, big time. It's a, it's a bit... Yeah, it works out, I, I guess. So the show is going to play out, well, the season, I say, is going to play out in kind of two main stages. First, we have the fight card. All entries are going to compete in up to four matches. These could be one-on-ones or rumbles. Mm-hmm. The producer will determine these matches based on the existing ratings of robots so where they've placed before team prestige and history and all that kind of thing basically they're going to try and put equal ranking level robots against each other during these fight cards this fight card stage will give us a top 16 bots which will then be put into a traditional 16 bot elimination tournament how are they gauging which bots are the top 16 is it literally wins and losses no there is actually a huge list of criteria it seems that the main ones they're going to be going for win average and then ko average so you know how many times they win how often they're knocking out their opponents but also things like entertainment value safety and reliability in there as well as well as this huge other list i saw in like the rule book and the handbook or whatever you want to call it the producers choose the top 16 basically but it should reflect the top 16 i suppose when we get there we can sit and see if there are any controversial choices going into it i mean that could easily be manipulated if there's a bot that's very exciting to watch but is absolutely losing every match mm-hmm. or a bot that is doing really really well but it's not exciting to it's not at exciting all. at all <laughs> so we'll have to see how that goes but mm. that is the format now i need to confirm this but how many episodes do you think this takes a lot yeah i've heard and i'm not sure about this this is something i need to confirm mm. but i've heard we're looking at 20 20 episode series 20 weeks of this. oh god so <laughs> wow this is we are not used to that <laughs> no no we are not used to dedicating a third of a year <laughs> to the <laughs> to, to one thing You've seen how long it takes us to review one season of Classic Robot Wars. <laughs> 20 weeks worth. 20 weeks. So there's going to be some interesting turns of event in those wow. 20 weeks yeah. trying to get this reviewed. But we'll find a way. The Arena, aka The Battle Box. Yeah, I heard that as yeah, well. I prefer the term Arena. Battle Box, I get what they're doing. It's all they've always called it The Battle Box as far as I'm aware. But I don't know. I don't know if I like the term... It sounds a bit it's, weird to me. It's, it's branding, isn't it? It's definitely branding. Yeah. yeah. But I just, I'll almost always say arena. Yeah, absolutely. Think we're going to say battle box. We're not going to break much. that habit. No. So it's 48 by 48 feet, raised two feet off the ground. It has a no flame zone uh, within 10 feet of the walls and eight feet of the ceiling. The robots cannot actively use their flamethrowers in that area. They'll be told to oh, stop. Okay. I mean, if a robot's okay. on fire and it's in that area, then, you know, you can't stop that. But if you're actively blowing fire, at, at least that's what I'm, right. that's how no, I'm that translating yeah, it. Yeah. Cause it'd be a bit annoying if your robot's on fire and working, but you got disqualified because you went into the no flame zone. 
So yeah, I think that's how it works. And you have, of course, the arena hazards. So you've got the screws at the side. Yeah, I saw them. They were weird. They screwy, weren't they? Yeah. They're more... Are they screws? They were. They were giant oversized novelty screws, though. <laughs> yeah, they, they seemed like something you'd see on a fun fair. Or, yeah, exactly. Or one of those, like, what are those, like, indoor playground things? What do you call them? Gauntlet. <laughs> the gauntlet. <laughs> Did you not call them the gauntlet when you were younger? <laughs> I mean, it feels like I should have now. They look like they're from the gauntlet in a way. Yeah. Almost. They really yeah. do. You've got the hammers on each side of the arena, which are apparently controlled by the other team. Yeah, that took me by surprise. <laughs> so I guess you control your side's hammers, which mm-hmm. is cool. And then later in the battle, the kill saws. Yeah. Come out of the floor. Just saws from the floor, isn't it? Yeah, just saws from the yeah, floor. That's fine. Saws. Kill saws. We're used to four house robots mm-hmm. and very importantly a pit which can end the fight there's no yep. arena hazard here that really is a fight ending thing it's it's a lot more yeah. focused on bots fight each other and nothing else gets in the way no sir killer nope. deciding an event uh, no matilda's ass hitting someone and that destroying them or flipping them out of the nope. arena i mean i don't even think you could be flipped out of the arena no there seems to be a lot less focus on flippers to be honest uh, to be honest with you as this episode progresses uh it's it's more likely that you just get awkwardly stuck as opposed to <laughs> being flipped <laughs> yeah. out of the arena yeah, i suppose she's yeah. missing a bit of the drama from uh I guess, yeah, in a sense, that is an interesting way to put it because, okay, some people prefer the BattleBots style because it's about the two robots trying to kill each other. I've heard from a few different people that I've spoken to, thanks by the way, that you can see the design philosophy of UK and US robots based around the arena as well and the fact that there's house robots and a pit and being flipped Mm. out of the arena. There's a lot more control-based design philosophy in the UK and a lot more pure destruction in the US. I think that'll translate on screen here as well. Oh, yeah. But both bring drama in their own ways. Mm. You end both with bits and pieces all over the floor. Absolutely. So judging. So there's minimum of three judges, mm-hmm. plus one or more guest judges. To so there's, guest doesn't seem judges. to be any kind of maximum to the amount of judges you have, but there has to be at least three. There is a head judge, which will determine a winner in case of a tie in judging. So I guess if there's one guest judge, you've got four judges. If they split decision two and two, the head judge chooses. Yep. There are four different criteria in mm-hmm. which they are judging on. Damage, aggression, control, and strategy. So not style, at least, which was the most vague and terrible judging. Style. Style. Yeah. Like just drifting around the arena. <laughs> doing crazy cool stuff i guess (laughs) what you've got here is two points for damage has to be deliberate damage Mm -hmm. one point for aggression one point for control one point for strategy and by the looks of it from what i can tell like the judge has one point to give for aggression and they can give it to either one bot or the other okay no that makes sense Yeah. yeah. yeah so one bot wins for aggression one bot can win for control one bot can win for strategy And damage is two points because it's considered the most important, but also for the reason of if both robots are considered to be equally damaged or there is no damage caused, you can split the two damage points so they're Uh, evened out. Very clever. Very clever. So that works out okay. So that's how the judging takes place and that's how they decide a winner based on judging. Now here are some uh, match rules. Okay. I've got a few. We'll see what um we'll see what we have here. So for example, we've got you can have a maximum of ten seconds of pinning a robot before the referee will call the attacker to release. So pinning them to the side of the arena, pinning them to the floor, essentially stopping the action using your robot. It's allowed, but there is a maximum time limit on it, so you wow. have to release a bot. 
in that sense. So that's something you don't see on Robot Wars. No, that can end that's a fight a really on Robot weird Wars. rule, that is. Whereas on this, it's about the whole point is trying to destroy each other, not trying to... Overpower each, each other. Overpower. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a different... Yeah, again, yeah. It'll, it'll show in the design philosophies of the robots as Big well. Time. Similar for grappling as well. Grappling, mm-hmm. you've got a maximum of 30 seconds you can grapple in before the refs will say to release... It's a bit, yeah. So it's it's about okay. big hits as okay, opposed absolutely. to well wrestling, really grappling and pinning. Mm-hmm. You can be considered non-responsive or immobile, as we tend to call it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not moving, being upside down, that counts. That'll start yep. a twenty count. Yeah, twenty seconds countdown. That's ten verbally. Seems generous. It does seem generous, and I'm sure watching it, I only really saw the ten verbal. I never. I guess the ref did wait for a little while before going, right, I'm going to count you out now. So it's supposed to be 20 seconds. You've got to get moving. But being non-responsive, I suppose it's different to being immobile in the sense that if you are moving erratically and not corresponding to the controls, Mm -hmm. that counts. Rotating in the same place or barely moving due to drive issues also counts as non-responsive. So there's the difference between how they consider something immobile I suppose why they use the term non-responsive instead of immobile, because you can be mobile and considered yeah. not working. The wheels could be spinning, but if you're not moving... E- even you if know. you're moving, if it's not moving the way you're intending it to, uh, and you're moving erratically, then that can be considered non-responsive. It's a technical well. knockout. It's a technical knockout at that mm. point, yeah. If both referees agree that a robot is unresponsive, they could decide to... Um, they could decide it's incapacitated without a countdown. So they can just say, right, it's definitely... If both referees if... agree at the same time that it's definitely not coming back, then you may not get a 20-second countdown. Hmm. And in the case of multi-bots or cluster bots, um, 60% of the bot has to be taken out in order for it to be considered dead, non-responsive. So over half. Over half. Over half yeah. the team needs to be... Essentially, yeah. yeah. Now, other ways you can win a match, that's basically the ways you can win via KO. Mm-hmm. You've got forfeit, so you could be forfeited for a rule violation. That has to be a unanimous decision by judges as to whether you've uh, violated a rule. So if all the judges decide you've violated a rule, you forfeit the match. Engagement avoidance. If you are deliberately avoiding engaging a robot and will not make physical contact mm-hmm. with a, with the opponent um, when the ref requests, you can be disqualified. That's that's very interesting. what we're used to. Yep. Yep. You, you can't be evasive or you... You can be evasive, but not for long. You can be technically evasive, but you can't retreat. Yeah, you can be evasive sense. in terms yeah. of strategy, but you, if you are considered actively avoiding engagement, the ref will ask you, you need to you need to make contact with this robot, you need to strike attacking, and if you don't do that, you can be um, disqualified. I don't know if it's ever happened, but that is the, that's the rules. So a lot of these rules appear to have been designed not only to keep order within the battle box arena, but also to keep the action constantly moving. It's mostly for entertainment value purposes. Yep, it's for entertainment, and the whole point is the two robots. It's a power play. You Mm. you are both trying to prove that your weapon is better in this case. This is maybe, I don't know, maybe a little less um, strategy-focused than Robot Wars, or a little different in terms of strategy Mm. would be a better way to put it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, you can only run away from someone's weapon for two for a little bit before eventually you have to tank a hit from it, basically. Yeah. No running around in circles hoping that the other robot breaks down or no, anything like no. that. So now there seem to be prizes for wins and placements and losses, depending on where you are in the tournament. I have no idea what they are. 
No, the rule book just said a dollar sign TBA. So I don't know. How, so <laughs> Did they ever it announce happened. it? <laughs> I don't even know if it ever happened, but there appear to be, there's incentive to win and there's incentive to get further into the tournament and the rankings because in theory you get higher prizes for the better you do. Whilst we're on the subject of money mm-hmm. and battle bots, mm-hmm. sponsorship. You're going to see every robot plastered with sponsors. It literally displays the sponsors on the screen. On the screen, on the robot, on the uniforms, you're allowed ads on Discovery. It's not like the BBC where you no, can't exactly. have advertisement. You can have your commercials running, which helps fund the show. Mm-hmm. And the bots can have sponsors, which helps fund the bots. Exactly. So there's a lot more money involved. There's a lot more money that goes towards the bots from the show. As far as I'm aware, I don't know the exact amounts. Mm. There's a lot more money that the robots are going to be getting for appearing on the show because of having sponsors. Funding in general is a less of a challenge than uh, in <laughs> Robot Wars, where it's, uh, I don't know, it's definitely, it feels a little more professional in this sense, whereas Robot Wars is definitely more your uh, your garage or your, sh- your garden shed kind yeah. of deal. I keep looking for comparisons between BattleBots and Robot Wars, but what we're seeing is actually just more comparable to other sports, like yeah. maybe boxing and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of sponsorship, a lot of money, and a lot of big fight build-up feel they're they're treating it as much as they can as a eccentric sport as opposed yeah. to a TV show. Presented more of a sport, whereas Robot Wars is is presented as a kind of like a hobbyist program in a way. Yeah, yeah, a hobbyist engineering show, and this is presented or like a public bosses. competition. Yeah, but this is more ver- game. This show, very yeah, much yes. feels like. I mean, didn't they call it Fight Night? So That's literally what nights. UFC's weekly show yeah, is called. Yeah, so Fight Night. they're it, really it, gunning for this uh, comparison with actual sports as opposed to any comparisons with British Robot Wars, I guess. Yeah. You'll notice slight differences in the build rules. We won't go too in-depth into that. It becomes very obvious when you see them. But obviously, things like fire and flamethrowers, yeah, they're allowed. <laughs> um, Encouraged, I think, is the word you can for. You can have flying robots. Most of them will have like drones as part of a multi-bot. Nice. Um, and the weight limit is 250 pounds, which is 113.398 kilograms. So very similar mm-hmm. to Robot Wars to the point where, I mean, it'd be very easy to adapt a Robot Wars robot to this. It's essentially the same weight limit, but they round had a nice round number in pounds. So we, as a, we have a nice round number in kilos. Mm. So yeah, pretty much the same size bot is what we're looking at. That makes sense. what we're used to. So that's pretty good. And that's all the info I've got basically. On- <laughs> that's, that was very concise. We've got Excellent. A lot of, we will probably find more to talk about when we notice it in the show. Yep. I've not gone over every little detail there, but we could probably spend a whole episode talking about every detail and then the differences if we really wanted to. Yeah, we keep nearly, nearly doing it and then having to pull ourselves back and think, let's actually review the episode. Yeah, we've got an episode of BattleBots to review for the first time ever. And of course, we can't have BattleBots without the BattleBots. So let's. I mean, you could, but it'd be awful. I mean, it wouldn't be very good. It'd no. be the hype guy just sort of motioning to a blank, empty space. I'm pretty sure he could do that quite well. I'd still be excited. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go through the bots for this episode. Okay, so for the introductions, I've included who I believe would be the ideal dream opponent for each bot. Oh, okay. Okay. In the red square. Not a drill, it's hammer time! Here to pound you like Play-Doh, the Jersey Thornado Blacksmith! Dream match opponent, 
four. In the blue square, straight from the dark side. Look out, Yoda not know who you're messing with. Here to lay you out, it's White Force! Dream match opponent, the series one incarnation of Elvis. Dream match opponent, the floor flipper from the 2017 series. In the green square, it may look fly, but it's got a foul mouth. Don't ruffle its feathers, because it's got plenty of pluck, and you're out of luck. Say what's up to duck. Dream opponent, the wrath of Angela Scanlon backstage. In the blue square, if this bot was a parcel company, it would be called... Dead X. Mess with this bot, you're straight tripping. It's free shipping. Dream match opponent, the 2018 version of Sergeant Bash. Oh, wait, we didn't have one. <laughs> in the red square, hailing from deep in the heart of Pennsylvania, they should call it Punxsutawney Kill, because it's about to be Pound Hog Day. It's Sub-Zero. Dream match opponent, Keg 2 of the Kegs. In the blue square, wheels of destruction, turn, turn, turn. It'll teach you a lesson and make robots burn. It's not big. It's you. Dream match opponent. Ah, you thought I was going to say Gabriel. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're probably going to say Gabriel though, aren't we? Gabriel. Season 2's Parthian Shot, so we can actually see Parthian Shot do something. <laughs> In the blue square, this bot's never met a jawbreaker, it couldn't bite. How many licks does it take to die? We're about to find out, it's Lockjaw! Craig Charles's jacket. of pain, the duke of death, hear ye, hear ye, his royal dynasty, the one, the only, Tombstone! Carbide, except he is now 300% bigger, and there are two of them. <laughs> Tombstone would still somehow win. In the blue square, ole! Bust your spleen! It's Minotaur! Yeah. Robot Wars Season 2 entry, Minotaur. All 86 kilograms of it. <laughs> oh no, it'll be horrifying. <laughs> what a selection of bots to start us with. Let's go through the info, all the info I could find. The info is a lot harder to find on BattleBots bots than um, Robot Wars. In other words, what I'm saying is BattleBots wiki isn't as in-depth with stats as Robot Wars wiki. <laughs> I see, we love our stats. We love our I stats. I think the British love the stats, man. Yeah, That's we love gotta be numbers. Numbers, man. We just gotta have numbers everywhere. <laughs> this is a little less than, because we're not gonna talk about their history too much, mm-hmm. 
some of it might seem brief compared to what we're used to doing, but you know, we'll talk about the robots still, of course. So Blacksmith, do you know the name of the team? Is it Team Blacksmith? No, it's Team Half Fast Astronaut. Half Fast Astronaut. Yeah. Say it quickly. Half Fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is it Half Fast Astronaut? Yeah, Half Fast Astronaut. They'll see, they'll see astronaut. what the joke is, because I'm still not getting it. Half-arsed, I guess. Well, are we guessing, though? Because, guessing. I mean, like, it's a, that's a British joke. Yeah, but that's the name of the team. Fast. Half-arsed half-arsed ast- astronaut. It still works. I suppose it does work it if you put works. a little twang on it, yeah? yeah? Okay, okay, we'll take it. We'll do it. It's a joke, sure. <laughs> We're good at this. <laughs> We're very good at this. Comedy. So, <laughs> comedy. Blacksmith is literally a flaming hammer. Did not see that one coming. I mean, when I first saw that hammer fire up, I was mm. like, this show's a bit different to what I'm used to. <laughs> it wasn't just like, cause I mean, when Thor, um, <laughs> dipped his axe in, um, in the fire and uh, it was like, we've got a flaming axe for about two hits. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty. <laughs> that's a bit of nemesis fur. That is Deator's <laughs> fur on it. That is hardcore man and then we go over to BattleBots 2018 first match we see this is like Hollywood CGI couldn't have made this look cooler it is the most cool looking weapon I've ever seen it's a shame it's not that powerful and the fire makes no difference but who cares that is cool as hell. Mm. It is a wedge shaped where the back of the wedge is the, well, you know, the high side of the wedge is the front of the robot. The low side of the wedge is the back. It has a little scoop on the front as well. I guess more of a shield as opposed to a scoop. And the weapon is a massive blacksmith hammer with a built in flamethrower. I mean, I mean, a flamethrower built into the end of a hammer. Yeah, I can't get my head around it. Even watching on TV, I was like, I'm still not sure how that's doing that. I mean, a lot of effort must have gone into making that <laughs> a functional thing. I don't know. I suppose, in a sense, there will be some robots that will be weak to having a lot of fire around them, yeah. although most these days aren't. It might help do a little bit of extra damage, but goddamn, is this one of the coolest looking robots? Oh, big time. Of all time. I mean, well, I say of all time. I'm sure we're going to see. We're going to end up saying that about every robot knowing us. I don't but- know. I'm, I don't think anything's going to top Flaming Hammer. The arc of fire that, you know, rainbows over it as it comes down is insane. Like you say, probably not a practical design, but wow. A cool design. Yeah. It's the sort of thing they'd come up with for a house robot on Robot Wars. Yeah. Big time. Big Hammer, it's on fire. But Great Bot has a bit of history to it. We'll leave that for now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like it. I think it looks cool. Yeah, I think absolutely. It performs well for what it is. Yeah. So, and it's always good to have a good hammer bot or a hammer bot at least that could hit. Gets a thumbs up That's from me. Blacksmith for yeah. you. Bite force. Bite force. This is an established bot, isn't it? Yes, it is. The team Aptics Designs, A P T Y X in capitals Designs. Uh, this is quite official sounding name. It does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. So they have a number of decently successful robots over the years i say decently successful they have a number of very successful robots behind them the team it's named after the measurement of animal jaw strength 
Bite Force. That's so, it's so logical. It was originally going to be called Chompy, but there was another robot called Chomp, so they went with Bite Force. <laughs> they were going to call it Chompy, but then they were like, oh, I guess we'll have to go with Bite Force instead. <laughs> yeah, like, the secondary name, the first name on the list, Chompy. That's like, get people going. Like, oh, there's already a bot called Namby Pamby. We're going to have to call it Killatron. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the reason it's called that as well is because it does have a another weapon, which was the main weapon beforehand, not mm-hmm. just the spinning... Um, is it spinning drum on the front, or is it... I, can't even I think it was like a very tight bar, was it? Or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a spinning bar on the yeah. front, but what you've got is... It does have a big jaw, which oh, is why it's that actually, bite it, it, it's actually yeah. a bite bot. I was going to ask, yeah, but as long as it does actually... Yeah. It does, it can bite, that's why it's named that. Um, it used to be tracked, it's no longer got tracks, it's got wheels... Oh, that's interesting. You don't see tracks very often, do you? Mm-hmm. It's a compact, flat, low-to-the-ground box. Um, weapon is central and front, so front and centre weapon. Looks very Meccano, lots of holes and that kind of thing. Yeah. Would that be regarding keeping the weight down, all of the gaps? Or? I think a lot of the time it is. A Usually of, when we see that. Yeah, yeah, you build your bot and then you weigh it and then it's time to start cutting bits <laughs> off until <laughs> until it's in the weight limit, which is fair enough. I mean, yeah. if it works, it works. So while Blacksmith is a very flashy, perfect for TV bot, Bite Force feels a bit more practical. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's built to win. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Mm. Oh, I like it. Thumbs up. Mecha Rampage. Mecha Rampage. From the team C2 Robotics. That's the letter C. C2. Yeah. What do you reckon that means? I'm sure it means something. Crafty computers. Yeah, that'll, that'll do. do. Crafty computers. I was trying to think of something that sounded like a computer, you know, CAD or something company. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Crafty computers. So, so one of those like independent high street computer fix repair your, stores. Fix your computer IT support stores. Yeah. Has a really sun damaged old like <laughs> sign outside where it's full of like clip art. Oh, yeah. Oh. Crafty computers. Crafty computers. We can fix your Amiga. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, so Mecha Rampage. I mean, other than the name being incredible. It's a great name, isn't it? This is a- <laughs> like if you're building a robot that fights, that's kind of just the two words, isn't it? <laughs> Mecha, Mecha Rampage. and Rampage. In terms of how it looks, it is a long stretched bot. It looks like someone got either side of it and they just started pulling, like yeah, doing a tug of war they did, with it. Didn't and they? It's slowly yeah. stretched. It's warped. It's because technically it's three robots. It's- really? The central um, robot, which is the spinner with inside it, that is its mm-hmm. own robot. And then each side of the wheels is technically its own machine. And there's just two big planks of metal bolted on to hold it all together. Oh, my God. So that's, that's one really way clever. to do it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Basically build three separate machines. I suppose, in a sense, you can, if one part breaks down or gets really damaged, you've got the other two parts still okay. And if they're still running, like you say, they're independent. Definitely an interesting design. Mm. It's a big bar spinner, um, 62 inches wide, we- the, the bot itself, yeah. the weapon being 42 inches of that. Near enough, two thirds of the robot is encompassed with that bar spinning weapon. The weight apparently is 50-50 between the drive and the weapon. So there's a lot of weight in that weapon, but enough in the drive to keep it going as well. It's all about smashing things up. Which is the aim of BattleBots, as we're establishing slowly over the course of this podcast. Maybe vulnerable from the sides, but in a sense, it's hard to get to the sides because the sides are small. Because mm. it's long and thin. Yeah. So it's it's almost one giant front. And the nature of the competition doesn't too much encourage things like running around the back and attacking and things like that. Yeah, exactly. This is very much a f- head-on collision. 
Let's see what happens kind when of, our yeah. two giant spinners hit each other. One <laughs> yeah. of us might win. <laughs> Next robot, which is kind of the complete opposite of what we just said. Yep. It's Duck. It's Duck. Duck, Best, exclamation. Duck, exclamation point. Yep. So, duck. <laughs> I did something very stupid, and I looked at this and I was like, there's no way. <laughs> no way in hell. This tiny bot can push anything. It's not going to happen. It's a push bot, though. It is essentially a push bot. It's got its active weapon on the front, which is a little lifter, which is mm-hmm. actually a bit more powerful than you'd imagine. Yeah. The bot, the, the chassis, the armor is machined out of a single piece of metal. So it is a block of metal with parts put in to make sure it can move, basically. Yeah. A great design that has actually been very successful in a number of places in a number of uh, weight classes uh, because it's pretty difficult to really do anything something like it it's so small as well this is basically the peak of practical yeah it is a very compact very flat box it has four exposed wheels but it's such a low down bot there are going to be a few robots out there that are going to struggle to hit it yeah because it's too high if this bot decides to just slide right under you and send you reeling yeah and just push you about flip you over a little bit I mean, it's got a good amount of speed behind it, so it can just ram, ram, ram. It can be aggressive without worrying too much about taking crazy damage. And so, the name is deceptive. Everything about this bot's deceptive. It's made to look like a silly little bot. Yeah. But it's actually very competently built. Yeah, big time. It has this little plow on the front, which has its duck beak and its eye, so it even looks like a duck that's been rolled over by a steamroller. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd say this is one to watch. Don't, honestly. Don't be fooled by duck. Don't be fooled by duck. It could probably do some really crazy stuff the only way the only place this is going to fall on is that battlebots puts a lot of emphasis on the judging with damage yeah and it's going to need to find ways to damage by ramming with its small beak there are some bots in the competition that are probably going to be able to dispatch duck enough during the competition to make them you know i mean you know you could go the distance with duck there's a good chance you're going to win because you're going to be the one that has you're going to be the one doing the damage. You're going to be the one doing the damage. Yeah. yeah. Duck, great cool bot. We got free shipping. Free shipping. If, uh, kind of the novelty entrant entry for the match, for the uh, episode, I guess. It's, it's a bit interesting, isn't you know, it? It's a forklift. It's a forklift. It's just a forklift, really. It's I don't know how to legit describe it. a forklift. But with, you know, I mean, I haven't seen many forklifts that also come with a flamethrower built in. And again, that took yeah. me by surprise a bit as well. <laughs> yeah, that came out of nowhere, <laughs> didn't like, it? And now he's using the flamethrower. And I'm like, what flamethrower? <laughs> I didn't even get the flamethrower in my notes when I was doing the research. <laughs> it was when I was watching the episode, I had to write down, oh, apparently it has a flamethrower Apparently, And that's like key component and of the And a really like crazy, aggressive, flamey flamethrower. Yeah. Team name? Special delivery. Uh, uh, free shipping, special delivery. Nice, nice. Yeah, almost. Um... <laughs> So it's built by Gary Jin or Gary Gin. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I probably should have listened. Hmm. Um, he's known for being a very skilled uh, driver. Apparently, the robot is invertible. Uh, uh, I can't picture it. But it I can't be. picture it. But apparently, it is. Okay, so I'm I'll take him at his word. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, take yeah. it as fact. And it does have an interesting fact about the team. Hmm. Gary and Jim can fix anything. <laughs> Where did you read that? That was on the BattleBots website as their interesting Gary fact Gary and Jim team. can fix anything. So if, for example... Uh, <laughs> I also wanted to make a joke like, try my marriage. But <laughs> Click. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> like, can they fix anything? Thing. And then cue like the Seinfeld 
it's like transition music. I was going to say like anything, what, I don't know, an alien craft crash lands in New Mexico. Uh, just send them. They'll, yeah. they'll stay, they will like they reverse will, engineer it. Yeah. Or you know? how about the current political problems with, between the US and Iran? Yeah. There we go. They'll Gary fix and it. Jim can fix anything. Send them to Gaza because we're going to solve this thing <laughs> and God. we're going to do it the BattleBots way. Jesus Christ. Man. The BattleBots way. Oh, but isn't it like they can fix problems, but it's like one of those things where it's like fix problems as in like, say like a mobster oh, would fix. No. They can fix anything as in they can destroy anything. Gary and Jim can fix anything. Jim will fix it. Do we, oh, do we, do we avoid that? Let's, let's move on to the next bot. All right. Next bot. Next <laughs> one is sub zero. So <laughs> yeah, sub zero. Uh, the team is hammer time. I like that's because they had a bot called hammer time. So uh, the old team named after a bot that they don't use anymore. It actually has a long history starting in 2004 as a middleweight and slowly progressed into the heavyweight category. So it's Crikey. got a lot of prestige, I guess, behind it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how successful it's been, to be honest, but it's been around being engineered for over a decade now. Mm. It's a wedge-sided box with a front rectangular launcher, is what it's called. Launcher. Them, but I just call it a flipper. It's a flipper. It yeah. Launcher. God. It's got a spiky top with... I mean, there's one picture where it has red eyes. Big red I, eyes, but I, I didn't make see it at any point. The name uh, originated when one of the earlier forms of it would exhale the like the CO2 smoke at over 100 degrees below zero. So they called it Sub-Zero. That's, uh, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, it's your complimentary flipper for the episode. Yeah. Complimentary flipper with every episode. Yeah, and this, well, we'll see how this one does, but there's a reason why we're not talking about it too much at this point. But the good, <laughs> the good news is, no matter how a robot performs, we're going to see him more than once, generally speaking, yeah. over the course of the, the fight cards. So and I very much prefer that system, big time. We're going to have a, a good variation each episode. Well, Team Huge has given us huge. All capital letters. All capital letters. Okay, so which came first, do you reckon? What do you mean? Huge or Gabriel? I'm, I think it was Gabriel. Huge is a new robot for this series of BattleBots. It's a very similar design. And Gabriel's design always, uh, to me, seemed very unique. This bot is really similar. This bot is genius because you've got the white box in the middle, which is mm-hmm. where the robot is. Yep. And then it's suspended off the ground by mm-hmm. two giant HDPE plastic wheels very gabriel-esque in that regards but the, the twist the twist <laughs> is it's a central spinning vertical bar as the weapon what's genius about this is it can literally climb above a robot and have its bar spinner attack it from mm-hmm. above and just rain shots down which is where you can very often see armor be the weakest on mm-hmm. the top because most People are going to be looking at your tombstones and thinking, well, I need to be protected against that. Yep. So you're going to put your your beefier armor, your thicker metal hmm. on the sides and the front, not necessarily on the top. This could get above something and do a lot of damage. Yeah, it's it's very clever place to put it. All this talk during the episode about how oh, it's a bit of a unique, it's a novelty bot, it's a bit goofy. No, it's Ooh. violent. <laughs> After watching Gabriel, yeah. which is a robot 
Very similar design, mm-hmm. but using an Axelbot design where it's using its own torque to just yeah. rotate a big axe. Yeah. That with a spinner, like seeing how successful Gabriel can be by just being persistent. Yeah. With a spinner. Exactly. Like, I, mean, I knew this was going to be successful the moment I saw it because I was like, that can do a lot. Hopefully the wheels don't let it down in the end. I guess if you took, because Gabriel is still in my eyes a pacifist bot. Yes. If there could be such a thing. The job is to wear the opponent down simply by absorbing the damage. If you take that and you actually add a really aggressive weapon, because it's not like, it's not a lazy spinning bar. This is a, this is a nightmare. This is a proper bar. Are you saying this robot should have been called Lucifer? (gasps) Yeah. And then they could have done some sort of dream match. (laughs) Yeah. Could you imagine that? It even has horrible, menacing, evil eyes. It is. It's almost like the anti-Gabriel. It is evil Gabriel. It's reverse Gabriel. It should have been the opposite colour. It should have been all painted in deep black. And they should have done this like massive indie one-on-one match. And it would have been amazing. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. The wheels are a little different. They're wagon wheel in shape so there are big gaps in the wheels that might have an effect compared to gabriel's which are a solid bit of plastic because we saw gabriel in the previous season of robot wars Mm -hmm. taking on carbide a very tombstone-esque spinner Mm -hmm. those wheels got eaten up but they kept going and going and going these wheels if they get eaten up like that it could be a problem where those gaps are because you're gonna break they're gonna you could end up with bit snapping off and the wheels not being that great one other difference which is noticeable in the episode is um they don't really have any grip on the floor whereas of course gabriel essentially have cut up bike tires i think it's just just used something that could easily quickly be replaced i guess yeah Yeah. put them around the edge for that grip yeah huge doesn't have that and there are times where it kind of runs on the spot in a cartoon style (laughs) so you know, there's there's improvements yeah. to be made, but I think it's really cool. I like oh, definitely. Sure. Bombshell. Bombshell. Also established. A hundred plus years of experience. <laughs> Combined. Combined Thank between... God, I was about to say, I didn't think we'd be doing this in like, you know, <laughs> the year 1918. After the First World War, <laughs> Bombshell was created. Bombshell was put together. <laughs> It was immediately declared champion as the only robot in, in, in the competition. See, that's the trick. You've got to invent a sport, be the only one who does it. You're technically the best in the world. Yeah, but between all three million team members, mm-hmm. they have over 100 years experience. And um, the previous robot, um, they had a previous version of Bombshell that was in the at least the last season of BattleBots, or maybe the one before, or maybe both, was known as a Swiss Army bot because it had a huge selection of interchangeable weapons. Neat. Now it's got one, a vertical spinner. So it's kind of gone with a... They've gone down the focusing route. They've focused on the ver- vertical spinner. Let's be honest... Spinner's a big deal. Spinner, if you can yep. make a really good robot that has loads of interchangeable weapons, and instead you decide to focus on one, it's a good chance you're going to do really well. So it's a two-wheeled grinning wedge. Really menacing, mm. horrible-looking grin as well. It has no eyes, so it's a big grin. So it's just a massive grin. It is a massive grin. Slightly unnerving. Slightly unnerving, yep. yeah. Yeah, there we go. So it's just a, a big semicircle wedge that leads into a pretty nifty vertical spinner it's got like a very fancy look but ultimately behind all that is a very practical design yep the design made to hit things and win lockjaw lockjaw from team mutant robots mutant robots yeah that 90s cartoon show yeah (laughs) or at least it sounds like it so it is a vertical spinner 
<laughs> with these two little lifting arms on the side. Yeah, yeah, I saw them. That's yeah, really cool, isn't it? I mean, literally, what it is, isn't it? It's yeah. again, there is. Yeah. It has a jaw as an option as well because yeah. it's called lock jaw. It's mm. been relatively successful, and it also um, it can salute, but um, context is definitely needed in the case of its salute, which seems to be to just ah uh, yeah, raise one yeah. arm. Uh, we salute to a degree. Yes, um, it could it could easily be end up part of a rally, so it needs to just kind of. Uh, <laughs> Calm down with a salute. That kind of salute. But really cool design. Another very Meccano in green. Practical, I guess. Practical, very compact. Very practical. I don't know what more to say about Lockjaw. I know it has a lot of history, but I can't. I'm not going to talk about that yet. So. We're going to get more into that as we get on. It's Tombstone. It's Tombstone. From Team Hardcore Robotics. I agree. The most successful bot since... BattleBots got rebooted back in 2015. Mm -hmm. A very similar history to Carbide in Robot Wars Mm -hmm. in that it got to the grand final of BattleBots uh, 2015 and then won the one afterwards, which is exactly the same as Carbide. It's a good comparison to make because this is basically the spinner of BattleBots right now. Yeah. This is... It's arguably the face of BattleBots at the moment. Very big, very powerful, very durable bar spinner. It can hit and hit and hit and hit and hit. Sometimes to say the tactics are, you just got to tank a couple of hits. We've got to tank about 60 hits from Tombstone because yeah. it just doesn't seem to ever want to stop. And each one seems to land with reasonable heavyweight force. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it hits once and then it needs to charge it back up again. Yep. This just keeps going and going and going. So the design is based on a previous robot they had called Last Rites, and its name is taken from another previous robot they had. So they've got a theme. Yeah, they've got a theme. They're a team with a theme. They're a team with a theme. (laughs) It has alternate blades for different situations, which is quite a common thing with bar spinners these days. It's very basic looking in design. Box, little bit sticking out. There's your um, bar spinner. It has two wheels that are very exposed. You think that would be bad, but it doesn't seem to really bother it too much. But the strategy tends to appear to be try and get people to try and go for the wheels and then turn. And then that's when you hit. Ah, uh, the bait and switch. Bait and yeah. switch, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very clever. A force to be reckoned with is Tombstone. I think Tombstone's best feature is the bar itself because it's incredibly heavy looking no matter what variation it uses they all tend to look pretty nasty yeah i'd say tombstone doesn't just set the bar (laughs) it is the bar it is the bar (laughs) i've heard that recently in in fact possibly every week for a couple of months now and last and certainly not least but not most either because it's not tombstone but definitely not least it's Minotaur. Yeah, you're starting to feel like we probably should have like saved Tombstone for last. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but like... Minotaur's still a hell of a bot. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah. Brazil's Minotaur. Brazil. Minotaur? Minotaur? I keep wanting to say Minotaur. They say Minotaur, so we'll call it Minotaur, even though we we Brits say We know Minotaur. how it really should be yeah, pronounced. we know how. <laughs> we know. This very successful last season, kind of the gold standard for your default drum spinner bot. It has a 10,000 RPM spinning drum on the front it's a box of a drum on it and it's just all out power well i mean drum spinners it if you're gonna try and take on a bar spinner drum spinner's pretty good choice really to go with you know that's that's definitely something that can take out bar yep there's a little more i guess you could say you could be a little more precise with a drum in terms of targeting certain areas you've got a bigger area of offense at the front and also, I've always felt like a drum can tank a hit as well as deal damage. It feels okay, like you've got a constantly rotating shield in front of you. 
It's if a big hunk sense. of metal, and as long as your yeah. robot can take the internal impact of mm. that, you're, you're in a good spot. It's very similar to Tombstones in that it's it's kind of basic looking, but it's just very well engineered, and it they've perfected this design. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Well, I suppose we should talk about, for the first time ever, mm-hmm. this episode of BattleBots. <laughs> this is our first time discussing a BattleBots match. Okay, we get our intro. Very similar to Robot Wars in the case of it's... A lot of highlights of a voiceover over the top. Very cool, but definitely maybe a little more hype. It was a bit more dramatic, but actually I was surprised with how similar the intro was to Robot Wars. Yeah, I'd say the main difference is Robot Wars had a lot of clips of people engineering in their homes and whatnot mm-hmm, during mm-hmm. the start of it, whereas this was mostly clips of big impact stuff going on. So you could tell the slight differences there, but yeah. in terms of the, the style of it, yeah, very similar there. And um, We are greeted by... Kenny and Chris. Kenny Florian of UFC fame and Chris Rose. And we're told that this is fight night. It's fight night. It's fight night. It's not just BattleBots. It's BattleBots fight night. Fight night. Which I'm guessing is um, maybe it'll change a little bit when it goes to the tournament. Ah, uh, see, good so idea. We're in, we're yeah. In fight night we're in fight this night. Is, this is building up the rankings. This is exhibition matches. This is the card where we're figuring out who goes for the championship. So like in the meeting, they probably would have been like, okay, so what do we call these uh, early matches where we're trying to find the final 16? And someone's like, oh, uh, the preliminaries, you know, or the, um, you know, something to do with trying to find or search, like search episodes or something. Search. And some guy at the back just shouts, fight night. <laughs> and they were like, yes, yes, there's money on that. Can Let's I do it. it called? BattleBots search episodes. Searching episodes. Fight night. Because that suits the show. It's fights. So they go over the general format for us, which is what I said earlier. Yep. But it's good to have a very a brief, quick, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Greatest card ever assembled is what this is called. And I will say it's definitely a very strong card. Big time. Um, for a first episode of a season, hopefully the rest of the episodes can live up to this card. Immediately notice a very rowdy, loud, large audience here. Really big turnout. Something I was going to point out before we get stuck into the uh, matches, having the main event pre-announced. Yep. So obviously when we're dealing with Robot Wars, you never know who's going to be in the main event. Know, it's always a tournament. <laughs> exactly. The format they've gone with is that they can advertise the main event. And they're very, they're very specific in pointing out the marquee, the main event. And they keep saying it again and again. Mm-hmm. And the promo package is constantly threaded through the episode. So, and I think that's quite clever. It's, it gives them something to hook the whole show around. And I can imagine it makes it so much easier to advertise. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, when you've got Tombstone versus Minotaur. Main first event. episode, fight main night. Event, you've got, you better watch this yeah. season of BattleBots. And this is going to get people right into it. If you changed a couple of key terms, it's a boxing card. It's quite clever how they've done it. Very well made, very well produced in that sense. And also very similar to boxing. We actually have a verbal announcer, not a weird robot-y strange voice as, like, Robot Wars. Yeah. From Devon. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Now we've got Hype Guy. Hype Guy Farouk, I think I heard his name was, giving us a very nice, dramatic, almost slam poem for each. This is excellent. Genuinely brilliant. Really enjoyed each and every one of them. Uh, A lot of effort put into whoever it is that (laughs) writes them, whether it's himself or a producer or a writer, whatever. Whoever makes these up, brilliant stuff. And it gives it fight feel. Do you know what I mean? Again, just Big like feel, everything yeah. they're doing, they're trying to build it up that it's boxing, except you've got robots. Yeah. 
And they've definitely caught it this there. This isn't just Blacksmith. This isn't just Bite Force. No. This is whatever he says. Hype. And that is our first match. Blacksmith versus Bite Force. We get a very brief little um interview with each team, each team captain. Uh, Blacksmith, they're essentially looking to use their forks to their advantage to keep mm-hmm. giving them a bit of reach. And Bite Force, more concerned with Blacksmith's durability than its weapon. Yeah, that makes sense. They Both use a uh, screen and screen to try and... So they can have stuff going on on the screen. And in the corner, you've got him talking about the bot as well. Yeah, and, no, you know, there's, there's no wasted time. They're very, very, very little hard cuts to the pit area. No. As a matter of fact, almost none. It is almost always screen in screen or something that's presented as more promotional than an interview. And it almost tries to imply that it's happening live, having the screen in screen. I suppose, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. in a sense it does, yeah. You know, it gives you that feel. It does. It feel. It does feel like a live event in that mm. sense. The way they paced it, the way they don't give you a lot of chatter about the bots. It is a lot of fighting. Definitely matches the the whole theme of battle bots that we've been going through so far. Oh, big time! Yeah, robots activate. At least they've got that word in got there. The word that activating. really helps us. That helps us massively. And they press their ready buttons. Yeah, they've got little ready buttons to press. Blacksmith ready. And because obviously, button. like I didn't, um, I didn't know that. Uh, this is literally my first experience with BattleBots, but so I'm seeing them, and all of a sudden they've they've got their eyes dead straight and unlooking. They just re- raise their hand and hit this button, and I'm thinking, well, "What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> but what does that button do?" <laughs> and it was done because it, drops it was done in a way that it was like everyone was expecting it. You know, if like you were watching a sport and you had no idea what it was, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> You know, and now here come the spiders <laughs> like, or something. And it's like, what? What's happening now? <laughs> oh, not the spiders again. Very, yeah, very nonchalantly just... Yeah, they did hit it. But, you know, that's kind of like a cool little motif for BattleBots. A Bots. very easy way that no one can complain that they weren't ready or something yeah, wasn't clear. That's definite, yeah. You, you, probably got, you pressed your ready button. You, you are telling it's us on. that yeah. you know that you are ready to fight. You can't, <laughs> the, no excuses. Can't blame anyone. Can't blame a producer. Can't blame a referee. <laughs> you said you were ready. It's time to fight now. Whew. Well, here we go. Immediately, Blacksmith setting their hammer on fire. They know yep. what everyone wants. Yeah. And it's very, very dramatic. But Bite Force has the early advantage. Uh, definitely getting more push, pushing power in. And that weapon almost immediately takes a chunk out of the side of Blacksmith. I mean, Blacksmith is raining hammer hits down best it can. Like I say, the hammer looks impressive. And I think at times is actually managing to chip bits and pieces off of Bite Force. But it's it's not doing any permanent, long-term, immobilising damage. Yeah. Proper visible damage is not really occurring on Bite Force from Blacksmith. Blacksmith are getting kind of eaten up by Bite Force quite a lot. Especially when Bite Force gets around the side of them. Because the forks are kind of doing their job for Blacksmith, keeping... Mm that um spinner at arm's length but most of the time bite force is just going around the side of it yeah, absolutely it makes it a bit easier yeah. for, them. for the most of the match bite force is simply overpowering that ends up being really how they win the match by just sheer power yeah blacksmith do get a couple of key moments in they do get one big huge push there's this huge hammer blow right down the middle of bite force you see some of the outer coating of blacksmith's handle flies everywhere and they get locked together. Very, very big and cool moment. Didn't feel like it did a huge amount of damage. No, but um, looked amazing. But this this does lead to five to six direct hits by Blacksmith onto Bite Force. And Bite Force weapon does stop spinning for a while. And you do worry for 
for a moment that they're out. But I mean, we're talking about Bite Force has tanked what, like forty hits, maybe? I mean, it's yeah, it's just great aim by Blacksmith to yeah. get those axe shots off. If only each shot was doing considerable damage. Would they, they won. would they have been better instead of a flaming hammer, maybe an axe or pickaxe or, or maybe something using, puncturing? You know, or... Some of the weight and whatnot going into the flaming hammer, because in order to have that flame going on in there, that some of that hammer is hollow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're dragging around a like, you know, canister of flammable liquid or whatever. And all of the mechanics that are involved with that. Yep. When you could have taken all of that out and then just put something heavy in the hammer. Big, solid hammer. Like yeah. Beta. Well, unfortunately, mm. won't be in this season, but that's a great hammer bot right there that just feels like it does a huge amount of damage in comparison. I mean, if there was actually a spike on the hammer, one of those hits would have punctured something. It might, yeah, it might they have were, been that little bit yeah. extra they needed. By the end of the match, both robots' weapons aren't functioning. Whether Bite Force's weapon isn't functioning because it's a spinner and spinners can do that after a few yeah. shots can be unreliable in that regard, especially if it's not as perfect as, say, Tombstones. Mm. Or whether Blacksmith's um, hammer shots did have some internal impact. Hard to say, but the end of the match comes with a big ram from Bite Force onto Blacksmith, into, on top of the screws... The giant oversized novelty screws. Essentially immobilising them, but by this point there's less than 10 seconds on the clock, so there's no count out. Ends in a judge's decision, goes to Bite Force. When you know what the judge's criteria are here, Bite Force were always aggressive. They got yep. the more damage. I mean, I'd say Blacksmith, they could have won if it was a Robot Wars fight because aggression is the primary... Uh... Yeah, if they managed to actually go to judge's decision in Robot Wars... They might have had something going for them. I mean, the thing with this was, I mean, if essentially Blacksmith was immobilized, let's face it. Yeah, that's how I put it. By the end yeah. of it, Blacksmith wasn't going to get out of that. Even though no. they couldn't be counted out, that does make it an easier decision, I'd say. It would be a bit silly for them to announce Blacksmith as the winner, whilst the other bot is quite merrily spinning around in the arena. And Blacksmith <laughs> cannot move. Yeah. So yeah. But what an opener. Great opener. Really dramatic Lots going on, two very different bots, and, you know, the hammer shots didn't do a lot of visible mm. damage, but they were big and dramatic, and there was a lot of them. The spinner did visible chunks of damage. It was a, it went the full three minutes, mm -hmm. so we got a big, full judge's decision, cool match. Do you think this show was filmed in the order they're presenting it? Because didn't that feel like it was too perfect an opening match for the series? Or do you think they just knew that they could put on such a good performance, so they just booked it? That's a good point. I don't know. Because it just... Because I suppose these fight cards, you can just do them... You can put anyone you want on, I guess. As long yeah. as everybody gets a chance with everybody, but the order you do it in... They must yeah, maybe they looked at blacksmith and was just like the flaming hammer's probably a good opener to try and get people to stick with the show. Do you know what I mean? That's a fair point. When you've got a fight card as your uh, your opening episodes and like probably the bulk of the season is going to be the fight cards finding the top sixteen, mm -hmm. you can just record all those matches and then go over them and present them in any order. Any you order want. you want. I mean, because. It's not a tournament. It doesn't have to come chronologically. No, exactly. You just need to see all the matches to know what the yeah. tournament's going to end up The being. only thing I can think of is um, ongoing damage. That's a fair point. That's the only thing I can think of. But I, I mean, think as far as I'm aware, that's a lot less of an issue in BattleBots. Is, and as you've probably seen by the fact that we don't get much in terms of damage reports and yeah. going back and looking at the guys, at least in this episode, you know, going back and looking at the guys fixing up their robot and, oh, do they have time? There seems to be a lot 
lot less focus on that. It seems like they yeah. kind of want to make sure people are in there. And I suppose when you have a team of 65,000 people, <laughs> as this is the case, it seems to be in each of these teams, yeah. and a bigger budget, you could probably it's get repaired into a really yeah. good state much, much easier. And there's probably a lot more leeway in, in that in regards to that. But now we get our three bot rumble. So they're going to just chuck a three bot rumble on every fight night or I, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't have to be three bot rumble. We can have four bot rumbles. You might have more than one rumble per fight night, but I this, this does count towards their, uh, yep, this is body of work. I think they called it. <laughs> this is counting towards the ranking. Okay. 100%. I think the kind of the point here is I believe all three of these robots are new robots, at least at least they're okay. new robots to battle bots, not necessarily new teams to battle bots, but new robots to battle bots mm. that maybe, you know, we can't really rank them. So there we go. Put them in a rumble. Let's see how they go. They're all a bit unique in their design as well. Hmm. So, Duck versus Mecha Rampage versus Free Shipping. Yeah. Notice um, the awkward duck hands for a long time. Yeah, he kind of like wanted to do it until the camera went and the camera didn't go. Yeah, So he was, was just standing a... there opening and closing his palms. Are you filming yet? Are you filming yet? Are you, yet? Red, Are you filming Red yet? light's still on. Oh. Are you filming yet? <laughs> Are you still filming? Are you still fil- oh, you've been filming the whole time. Oh, Oh, awkward (laughs) awkward grin on his face. But when you see uh, Duck's performance during the match and then go back and watch him (laughs) slowly staring at the, exactly, (laughs) staring at the screen and just slowly opening and closing his hands and you realise that actually maybe he's, uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah, he just, (laughs) I like to think he just does that. In the back, in the pits. Just to the, to the other, just he doesn't up talk to, to anyone. No, he just starts doing that from across the pit, just at other, everyone, other roboteers. All the time. That's terrifying. Whilst we're on the subject of Duck, crazy aggressive. Good idea as well, because this is not a bot that can do huge amounts of damage mm. with its weapon. So mm. it needs the it needs the points for the aggression. It needs the points for control. It needs the points for strategy, because the chances of it winning on damage yeah. are a lot lower. It's not going to bust the bot's shell open, so it's actually going to have to win on Every other criteria. We start with free shipping and duck brawling. Mecha Rampage hangs back, I'm guessing primarily to get their spinner up to mm-hmm. speed because we get a very early shot on duck from Mecha Rampage, which takes out a wheel, which appears to do nothing to duck. No, duck loses a wheel and gets slightly faster as a result. <laughs> it somehow is better. I don't know how it's doing it. So free shipping um, rams Mecha Rampage into the wall. And this is when I discovered free shipping has a flamethrower. Yeah, because suddenly there's this there's fire, fire encompassing the whole front of the bot. It was so nonchalant. <laughs> it's just like, and here's the fire. This was a Aliens Ripley versus the Queen flamethrower. I want to kill it with fire. Yeah. 100%. For when you absolutely must kill something, flamethrower. Mecha Rampage gets another huge hit, but this time on free shipping, which uh, takes off one of free shipping's forks, which means it's now one fork. You're not wrong there. I'm not wrong <laughs> nope. indeed. It's lost a prong. And this is when Mecha Rampage starts to smoke. Uh, yep, that starts to happen, doesn't whether it? Whether that's an issue with its spinner or an impact it's taken i don't know but it's starting to smoke we get the best freeway tie up ever oh god so all the bots are kind of awkwardly hooked into one another and the flamethrower is still going and this is when uh, is this when our commentator calls it a bot orgy and tells everyone under 17 to not time is this aired is it just american program because i mean they would never allow that from robot wars i'm just saying (laughs) Of course, you, yeah, you could. Jonathan Pierce couldn't, let's say, this it's is a, a robot, robot orgy. orgy. Because there's three robots on top of another. It has a similar yeah. time. 
Maybe it's just American TV. It's a little bit more uh, it's, it's, it's TV. It's cable TV as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Took me yeah, by surprise. Really but... So Mecha Rampage is now on fire, thanks mm-hmm. to the flamethrower and the fact it was smoking anyway. Oh, yeah. It will remain on fire for the duration of the fight. Mm-hmm. Duck flips free shipping on its side. Like, quite effectively as well. I guess yeah, it, the mixture of the speed of it, plus its um, lifter going up, actually did really, really well. How much do you reckon free shipping weighs? don't know. I don't know how it's much each of them bar. weigh. I'm guessing, I'm guessing they're all trying to be as close to the £250 mark as they possible. They wouldn't want to waste any weight, would they? So no. he's flipping a, a lot of weight there for a tiny bot. And, yeah, I'm guessing know. that impact really had an effect as well. It must have got in, un, in and under really well. Yeah. Mecha Rampage is just becoming more and more on fire and immobile as the time goes on. Duck just essentially ends the match, constantly ramming each of the other bots with ease. Um, Free shipping is still going, so even though it got flipped over and stuff, like... I mean, it's kind of moving a bit, you know? So technically goes to a judge's decision, Mm -hmm. and they go unanimously with Duck, because Duck was strangely dominant against a lifter and a spinner. Yeah, and I mean... It just went nuts. And... Also, they didn't have much of a choice because the audience had started chanting duck very loudly. And I think if they went with one of the other bots, there might have been a riot. Though they started doing the duck hands. <laughs> All the audience, they did the duck oh my hands. God. They're going it's crazy. Duck crazy. I mean, you could call them, like, you could call his fans the ducklings if you wanted. Like, it's absolutely yeah. insane. Oh, what a bot. Well, really, I, surpri- really I, I so foolishly looked at what a little push bot like that is not going to cause much concern and i was so wrong brilliant really bot. really really good and this sort of, sort of leads me to say like yeah this might be also to do with what matches they've decided to put in the first episode if they have just done it in a you know mix and match kind of order but yeah. you notice there's no like random breakdowns no you're right no yeah. random breakdowns no i right, stopped working no oh, i just tipped over and stopped working like do they use the link in i'm guessing there is some sort of link there will have, to, have be, to be some kind yeah, of safety. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of safety mechanism. But we haven't had an incident, not to spoil too much for the rest of the podcast, but there isn't really an incident, is there? No, nothing like that. These are all very straight up matches. It's great. We go to a little promo for Minotaur because it's that's the main, he's in the main event. So yeah, the marquee, it's the marquee promos. Yeah, they starting to be threaded through the episode and it gives a big fight feel and it stops viewers from wandering to another channel. Yeah. Remember the main event. Tombstone is going to be there. Watch it. But now we get our next match. Sub-Zero versus Huge. Yeah, there's no faffing around, is there? (laughs) No, there really is not. So Sub-Zero have made some little adjustments. It appears to have two arm things, I'm guessing, to try and hook Huge in. So they're they're like defensive prongs. That's how they've been described, yeah. yeah. And Huge, their little sort of promo interview, basically say it's not really very tested and i suppose how the hell do you test something like that no, exactly. so that's fair enough it probably explains the excitement of the puge team when they start actually doing really well realizing that this might just work <laughs> predominant match actually yeah and this is probably like the most one-sided match we see it, of the night even more dominating very... than duck's performance sub-zero they start back facing they're going for the defensive yeah, that was quite clever. So they came in with at least a idea of what they thought they were going to do. I guess they knew the launcher wasn't really going to work because how are you going to get 
to huge. Well, what is the tactic against huge, really? I mean, beat up the wheels, or I mean, something to... like blacksmith might do well because it's got an overhead swinging weapon, but then it's going to go straight into that spinner. So you, you're going to have to hope that your overhead weapon is strong enough to tank a the other bar thing, spinner hit. The other thing is, you would definitely out control huge because it. Oh, it's got wheels, no control. The yeah, wheels yeah. just slide them out all over. The but place. the nature of BattleBots, um, less yeah, technical driving, and, yeah. more just like impact. So I think maybe, like you say, maybe a really good spinner could take those wheels out. If you cracked one, they're, you know, they, they don't, they're not like Gabriel's wheels and they probably won't be able to take as much damage, maybe. But I mean, what chance did Sub-Zero have? Yeah, definitely feels like they got thrown to the, um, to the vultures. But at the same time, everyone's all like, oh, huge, what a novelty. Ooh, that's not going to do too well. Look we, at that we know more. robot. We know better, I think, so going into they this. Just, they just put two robots. They, yeah. Like, oh, they thought, well, they, well, they'll find a way to work this one out. And uh, yeah, it turns out, basically, immediately, Sub-Zero loses a prong. Um, huge is just raining shots down. Essentially destroys Sub-Zero's flipper. Sub-Zero doesn't use it once because within the first 30 seconds, it's it's shredded. It's nearly, destroyed. Nearly decapitated, yeah. more or less. It's and this is terrifying. Basically what we were saying when we were describing Huge, which is it just goes over the top of Sub-Zero yeah. and then uses its massive bar spinner to just rain in hits from above. And what do you do about there, it There that? is nothing Sub-Zero could have done in this match, I don't think. No, Sub-Zero just... There's not much, yeah, like you said, there's not much you can do. What's it going to do? Launch huge? Launch huge where? How launch huge? Like, it's not exactly like huge can be flipped, you know? It's not easily. No. Not easily at all. It doesn't make any sense. There's no way to incapacitate huge without cracking one of those wheels, and they are not soft wheels either. Yeah, a bit strange. But yeah, so obviously, we don't even need to say it, but Huge wins. It's a dominant, <laughs> uh, very, very dominant win for Huge. Uh, it ends with Sub-Zero in the corner being beaten up by Huge. The only thing, the only notes I put for this at the end was basically that the only improvement I'd make to Huge at this point is giving it a bit more traction. Yeah, like, well, exactly. That's it. I mean, I just wrote down, dear God, please make it stop. poor sub-zero okay yeah we go straight to another promo yeah this time for tombstone so another main event promo remember the main event it's coming up tombstone is here he is the he's the show he is the he is the face he is the bot that everybody if you're going to know one bot from battle bots it's going to be tombstone and if you're going to want to beat one bot from battle bots you want to beat Tombstone. And he's very aware of this as well. He's talking a lot like Carbide. A lot, there's a target on my back, and um, all the other bots are designing things with me in mind. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, he's almost in an identical situation that Carbide was going into, say, the second and series so, of the latest, yeah. you know. Basically, Tombstone saying, like you said, there's a target on my back, and I love it. Because I am the best. Mm. And he's got that air of cockiness that Carbide every now and again also kind of puts on. Yeah, we know we're good. (laughs) We do. Yeah, we really know we're good. Oh, big time. And we can prove it. So you can't exactly, argue. I, they can back it up. So we're going on to Bombshell versus Lockjaw. Bombshell versus Lockjaw. Yeah. Um, this was quite a unique match. This didn't go as planned, which maybe argues against the idea that they're rearranging the match orders to benefit the episodes. This is definitely a, yeah, I feel like, it feels like the match should have been an epic. Yeah. Or more of an epic than what it was. The reality is Lockjaw got a immediate, I wouldn't say lucky shot, but an immediate perfect shot oh, it was, on yeah. Bombshell. Um, a very, very strong little spinner there with Lockjaw. It turns over Bombshell and Bombshell 
doesn't seem to have been made very well to handle being upside down. It, it can be upside down, but it can't do much with it, if that makes sense. And you've got to give some credit to Lockjaw because they started putting some effort into writing it when they could have just laid back and yeah. let the wind come in. You know? Bombshell basically, you know, almost begging them to like, oh, come on, please just hit us some more, flip yeah. us over, you know? So Lockjaw right goes in there and eventually manages to get them yeah, they break back the count. right they break yeah. the count out they they want it they want it yeah. to be a good match they want to win the, the right way um not that it really matters it would basically ends the same way anyway it's just yeah. a little bit it's more just goes eventually to a knockout is it i think then they just like incapacitate it entirely eventually yeah it, it eventually yeah they're like they're up against the wall there is no movement they counted out bombshell i mean i like bombshell but it really wasn't in the same league as lockjaw no it did not work out well for Bombshell. Not being able to really function upside down. Technically invertible, but it seemed like there were so many positions it could be in where it couldn't move. Yeah. Where the wheels weren't going to hit the floor. And yeah, you need to have something. Even if you just add little little prongs, like if you looked at Huge, the wheels, yeah. for example, had two long pins in the middle. Anything that could just disbalance you back over, yeah. if that makes sense. Just yeah. get you back yeah. into... So there's at least one set of wheels is touching the floor... Yep. So you can get that movement, which, you know, a little bit of movement could rock you back into the right place. It's it's almost unfair on Lockjaw because they didn't really get much of a chance to display what they're capable of. A very strong, dominant win for Lockjaw. And we will definitely see more of Bombshell. So hopefully we'll see what Bombshell yeah, what is actually capable of. of. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Okay, so we get one final promo for uh, the main event. What you got to remember is these promos and stuff, they're happening prior to a commercial break so oh, they yeah, really yeah. are there to make sure people don't change the channel very specific clever. reason very yeah. good very clever but for the first time we have a main event an actual booked main event a proper main event yeah this was always going to be the last match of the evening mm-hmm. it was uh well you can never say a guaranteed classic with robot combat weird stuff can happen but it was always going to be as close to a guaranteed yeah. classic as you can get you wanted to see it that's for definite Tombstone versus Minotaur for the first time. Two dominating spinners of different design philosophies. You've mm-hmm. got the essentially your perfect default bar spinner, your perfect default drum spinner. Yep. One on one. Minotaur's strategy, they want to get the wheels. Mm-hmm. Tombstone, they've got their short, low to the ground bar, especially for designs like Minotaur. Sort of a flatter, lower kind of flatter, bar. Flatter, yep. lower, shorter. So there's a it, it's made to it's made to take it's made to hit a drum yeah basically absolutely it's made to take that kind of impact so entrances with music oh amazing that was the it? best thing i every main event i'm hoping that's a running motif it has to be it has to be because surely. that was so good like high-fiving the crowd as they came in and they had the flag for my minotaur yeah going nuts oh it's so cool felt brilliant great atmosphere you could feel the atmosphere through the screen and it was really really cool man so the match itself let's go yeah okay so they both do the exact same thing to start with which is absolutely nothing so they can get their weapons up to speed they both knew exactly what they wanted to do and they both wanted the other one to have their weapon up to speed as well because they you know that they are both sitting there thinking what happens if both (laughs) (laughs) it's more of a scientific experiment it was a bit of an experiment really (laughs) So, immediate massive collision oh it's huge collision minotaur goes flying yep. and probably eats the most of the brunt is flipped effectively but 
does the uh what do we call that from robot the wars sort of gyro name, didn't it yeah the gyro whirly jig kind of dance the back upright whirly, but my god they made the robot wars gyro dancers look like amateurs because it was mm. split second right gyro dance back into place yeah. done they had it ready they had it planned ready in case done they've obviously easy. practiced it and they know exactly how to do it and they self-righted so quickly so smoothly yeah it made it look so easy oh god the blows head another massive Mm -hmm. head-to-head blow this time tombstone goes flying and a bit of the floor has a chunk taken out that's important arena damage and this becomes really like a integral this is a major factor going through the rest of the match so the the floor isn't like um robot wars panels no this is this is a heavy floor yeah, it's a bit more of a solid floor. Obviously, there must be something going on because obviously there's going to be there's the saws underneath certain yeah, ones as well. Yeah. But generally speaking, yeah, this it, this they hit a metal a very thick metal plate. So instead of like just a panel dislodging or anything, it's more just broken bits of metal curling upwards and yeah. stuff like that, isn't it? And yeah, so I mean that was solid metal, and the 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 effect, the way it looked on screen was incredible. It really looked cool. Collision after collision, the sheer number of collisions where both robots are still fully functioning afterwards, both yeah. weapons are still completely up to speed and neither one has any drive issues, just shows the quality of these two spinners because there have been some great spinners we've seen. They could never take this number of impacts and just keep no, going. Exactly. These were, every single one was knockout capable. Yeah. They must have eat like 30 each. And it was it just constant, like it, wasn't it? it? It just kept going and going. The worst thing for Minotaur, they finally go right up and they touch Tombstone's wheels. The moment before is when their drum stops working. <laughs> no, the drum no literally actual touches strength the wheel behind it, yeah. and is not actually spinning at all. Damn it. That could have been the moment that Tombstone ended up in a real bad place. But Tombstone just doesn't stop. No. There's no way to describe the sheer durability of that spinner i mean they talk about how tombstone's bar might have been slightly misaligned towards the end but i mean you you wouldn't i mean you wouldn't know you consider the amount of direct shots it took slightly misaligned yeah exactly (laughs) i mean it's insane (laughs) it's insane so like like i say the the damaged floor becomes a hazard in itself and the bots kind of get caught up on it a bit especially minotaur there are a few times that's noticeable sometimes to just to the side of what you're seeing you see them driving around and they have to kind of stop and reverse yeah and they get caught a bit tombstone gets a huge huge number of hits once minotaur's um bar is no longer working but minotaur keeps coming It's like a zombie. It's still functioning and it's just going head on constantly. I guess just hoping that what happens to them happens to Tombstone. You just tank the hit just right and just completely render Tombstone useless as a result. It's clever because, again, this isn't Robot Wars. You can't go, right, my spinner stopped working. I'll try the pit or the house robots. They ain't there. Some might say, oh, it's suicide going into Tombstone's spinner. But if you don't, you're going to lose anyway. So exactly. you just got to try it because that's what's going to yep. work. If there's, there's one scenario in which Minotaur wins at this point, it's by running into Tombstone Spinner and Tombstone getting damaged itself from the end, end mm. impact. And I mean, at one point, Minotaur gets under Tombstone and Tombstone kind of flip up a bit. The um, I think the Spinner hits the floor, Tombstone mm-hmm. go flying into the side. 
doesn't matter. They're still functioning fine. And that, Melitor, Melitor stops working. Exactly. That should have incapacitated any spinner. Hitting the floor at that angle with that, you know, speed behind your spinner, something should have fallen out of place. How? After that amount of time and that yeah. amount of direct impact. Exactly. Absolutely it's insane. insane. And also, the, the, clearly, the floor that he's hitting has not got any give either. Yeah, it's just hitting the solid floor and still going. I mean, Tombstone is just a very amazing combination of strength and endurance pure engineering skill right there to make mm. something that will keep going minotaur like i said it stops moving it's stuck on the floor though i didn't see the i couldn't tell if the wheels were moving mm. but it's stuck on the floor anyway where the wheels are off the ground yeah so either way it's done minotaur get counted out the fact that minotaur still looks fine really yeah looks it, like it could go again it should, yeah. It, yeah. it should have looked completely crumpled yeah but Man, the damage, no matter what damage Minotaur took there, the damage it should have took was way more. So huge props to Minotaur, yep. but when you're against Tombstone, you get knocked out. Um, Tombstone win the main event via a very high-impact fight knockout, which is what everyone wanted to see for the first episode. Exactly. It did exactly what it's, you know, it should have done. Totally sold the series to anyone watching it. Yep. And it did capture the big fight feel and then deliver a big fight. Yeah. It felt like heavyweights. Proper really going did. at it. it you really know, did. Every single like hit was knockout power. Just great. What a good match. Right match to choose for a main event. Mm. And considering the intros and stuff, obviously they, again, like we said, we don't really know how the ordering works in terms of editing, but they definitely knew this was a main event. Oh, match, definitely. And this yeah. was presented yeah. as the main event match for the evening. Yeah. What an episode. Since we can't exactly talk about the future of this competition, because it's way too early to start talking about who's going to be in the top 16, yeah. for all we know, Tombstone get annihilated every match they have. <laughs> you you never know. We yeah. don't know, and then they yeah. don't make the top 16. Exactly. I doubt it, but it could happen. It could happen. Way too early to say what's going to happen with any of these bots in regards to the actual tournament. Mm-hmm. So it's like, which ones are you looking forward to seeing again the most? Oh man, out of this lineup. I mean, I, to be honest with you, Ducks kind of caught Ducks my attention really now. Caught my attention yeah, as well. I'm really in, so surprised there. And like you say, Bombshell and Lockjaw, both of them didn't really get much of a chance to show what they're capable of. So hopefully we see something nice and dominating from each of them. Yeah. But I'm going to guess Duck and Huge as well. I'd like to see Huge face Tombstone. Yeah. I think that is a see really interesting See if those wheels can match. tank the, uh, the hits. Yeah. yeah. If they can take Tombstone's hits and keep functioning. They're in with a chance. They're in with a chance. Yeah. But wow. How would you rate our very first episode of BattleBots? That was strong. I am. Oh man. I think I'm looking at a, f- a 3.75. I here. gave it a four. It's definitely, yeah. I mean. It's up there, isn't it? It's a yeah. really good episode of robot fighting. Yeah. That was that was on the ball. The presentation's fantastic, and that's what we've come to expect from 2018 anyway. Yeah. But the quality of the fights was so good. Yeah, you really felt that come through. I think we had like some instant classics, like at the very beginning and at the very end. We literally had an instant classic sandwich. It was great. And the great thing about this format is by the time we get to a 16-bot tournament we're going to feel attached to all 16 bots. You're going to be really invested in them, aren't you? Yeah. yeah and every match is going to feel 
big the grand final is going to feel like a big deal whoever wins it has overcome so much competition <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that it's going to be very worth it and that's something that with robot wars it's actually really difficult to build up yeah you know so in only six think- episodes it's you know the final episode of Robot Wars, season 3, 10, 11, I can't even remember, I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was now, like the, the, the number of different ways you can number the series. <laughs> but that final episode was absolutely incredible. Yep. But that's because Carbide had three years of build. Yep. And Eruption had a full series of story. So you can see how the differences are in regards to that. But this, if this season is 20 episodes, like... um. I think it is. Yeah. There's actually going to be more episodes of BattleBots for this season than there were for the entirety of Robot Wars of the 3 series newer of Robot. Series. Uh, yeah, <laughs> reboot. Yeah, 6, 12, 18. Yeah. And even if you can include the Christmas episode and oh, the special, yeah. special, and we're just about matching them then. <laughs> That's kind of crazy <laughs> when you think about it. That Oh, I'm so impressed. Yeah. And like, this is actually going to be the start of something very fun for, uh, robot combat fans i feel yeah we've got some really interesting fights coming along our way no matter what i mean they're going to try as many mix and match fights that they can come up with obviously with the fight cards and then we've got a 16 bot competition to actually happen yep amazing i'm hyped for the next episode and i don't even know what's going to (laughs) happen Like there's no indication of what's going to happen because it's not a, it's not a it's, normal tournament it's yet. Exactly. I have no expectations at all because I have no idea, you know, yeah. what to expect next. I have looked at the lineup on the website and there are some incredible looking bots. Oh, That's yes. for definite. Oh, yes. And I there's also wait. some familiar faces, which is really good. Oh, that's what yeah. I like to hear. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. Episode one of the latest season of BattleBots in the bag. Oh, I have to do the wrap up. Now have we to have to remember wrap it upwards. Oh, how do I do a wrap up again? Um, you can tweet us at podcast activate because someone else already has at activate podcast and we are not bitter about that at all. Mm-hmm. You can email us activate podcast at gmail.com. That's possible. You can also find us on Facebook. Search Facebook for activate the robot wars podcast. We come up. And uh, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, share, and all the other things that people do on social media. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Please clap. (laughs) We did BattleBots for you. This is what you wanted. I know what you're all going to say. Now it's going to be, where's the rest of Robot Wars Season 2? I don't know. It's going to come along eventually. Don't worry. God. Yeah, give it 20 weeks. Give it 20 weeks. (laughs) I got it. It's fine. I got it. Easy, easy, easy peasy.